0: This show jumps around, but it's not unstructured. So if you're here for structure, you're at the wrong place. But if you're measuring structure against my other shows, then uh, this is better than some, (laughs) whatever that means. It's also episode 69 of Psychotherapy. I'm Jet Dunlap. Thank you for listening. I talk about forgiveness towards the end. I speak a little bit more to episode 67 where I'm asking people to be unplugged. I go from from the, uh, you know, it's kind of like a Matrixy term in the sense that I want you to not give your soul to your work. <laughs> Does that make sense? Of course it makes sense, Jet. Stop asking people if it makes sense when they cannot answer if it makes sense. I talk a little bit too long about my disapproval of college. But I also do challenge people out there who work in the institution to prove me wrong. I talk about fiscal responsibility. I'm holding my thumbs up. I talk about fiscal responsibility. That's a, that's a Billy Clinton impression, which I only know from the internet because I don't know who Bill Clinton is because I'm not old enough to have been conscious of his presidency because I'm 30. I talk about, oh man, other stuff as well. So... All of that will be jam-packed into this low price episode of psychotherapy. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. That, aforementioned or forementioned, is it both? Is going to start right after this little ditty. Thanks for listening, I'm Jed Dunlap. I'm speaking to you that the Is that a record? Is that a record for me screwing up words in a show? I have no idea what I just said. But it, oh my God. Bless your heart. Bless your heart for listening to this show. I'm going to try that one more time. And because it's this show, I won't cut this out. And if I did cut it out, you'd never know. I am speaking to you from a guilty place right now. I'm staring at what my brain thinks is mathematically the last quarter of a pizza. I'm never really sure what a quarter is. I know what it is as far as currency. Um, you know, I mean that's easy. Who doesn't know that? <laughs> it sounds like I'm lying about that. No, I really do. I know what a quarter is in in currency. But I'm. It's the same thing in 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 like pizza right I mean a quarter four quarters is a dollar and there's a quarter left so that means 75 cents of my pizza is eaten there's the guilt I have eaten 75 cents of my pizza not the numeric value of it but the percentage and the reason for that is that well let's let's look it's 10 30 and uh I've got a belly full of guilt you're thinking well you know Jet's a healthy guy he didn't eat one of those, you know, like... It's probably like a margarita pizza that's L.A. You know, it's it's probably got high protein and low carbs. And we know he's a vegetarian, so it's uh, it's made out of cauliflower or something like that. Well, yeah, that's what I'd eat if Gino was here, but no. This is a DiGiorno, not a sponsor, like high-rising. That's probably not what it's called. Cheese pizza, four kinds of cheese. And when you get three kinds of cheese... You only have a little bit of power, but when you have four types of cheese, it's like the Tesseract of cheeses. That's a reference to uh, the Marvel Universe, also not a sponsor, and uh, it was fine, but I'm proud of myself for not eating the last quarter. The reason I tell you this is that uh, it may appear sometimes that I'm very disciplined, and I am for the most part. I worked out today for an hour and a half. I spent a good amount of time doing what what I told you and I would do, which was Listing certain things that we don't need anymore on uh, Facebook, Marketplace, and Craigslist. I mean, that was most of the day. She's been gone all day. She left to do another yoga thing on a TV show. So she did that yoga thing on Lucifer. She's doing another thing on Lucifer, and then she's got another yoga gig on another TV show. She's like the yoga queen of TV, eventually. I, I, I <laughs> She's doing a lot of yoga on a lot of television. So if you see my wife on television doing yoga, you heard it here first. I guess I'm just confessing. It's been uh, maybe 20 years since my last confession. And here I go telling you that I had all that pizza. I don't feel that guilty. But uh, it is another some guilt. (laughs) This is not the show. Okay. I'm just giving it to you as it comes. I don't think I've ever done this show this late. There's a saying about when the bird's away, or the cat's away, or the something's away, that children eat hay. I'm not good at colloquialisms. Yeah. Let's get to the show. You've heard enough about my pizza indulgence. Don't worry. Most of my day was very healthy eating. I had my protein shakes and did my workout and all that stuff. The shows are starting to feed into each other. And that's good. It's threaded and that's what I want it's what I like in TV shows it's why I prefer streaming over network the way I refer to it is that when you watch something on Netflix or even HBO you get 10 episodes but the arc of the story is told as if those 10 episodes were a single storyline so it's much more interesting to me than to have an entire story wrapped up in a half hour because that just doesn't seem real. So why did I say that? Oh, yeah. So these stories that I'm telling you being threaded is probably what my original goal was. It was what my original goal was, but I tried to keep my goal as liquid as possible because uh, I didn't want to frame myself in any corner and then um, reduce the amount of shows or find myself not hitting the frequency I could if I wasn't as rigid. Say that to say this. 67 is kind of the show I'm getting a lot of feedback on right now, and that was the one where I talked about taking the gloves off, talking about how we as human creatures on this little blue marble, that's Earth. I like to spell out. (laughs) Whenever I do that, I want to make sure you understand. I want to make sure this show is for everyone, even the uh, dodo birds, like myself, king of the dodo birds. I explained to you guys that I didn't think that your purpose on this planet was to be a cog in an organization, a person who just is in an assembly line and passes something from the left to the right. Not that assembly line work is bad. As a matter of fact, there's probably more people out there right now that wish they had something like that than before. And I'm not going to go into why diversifying your skill set for the future is necessary. That's not this show. But the feedback I've gotten is good. I felt that what I was saying would resonate, and I was hoping it would. I, <laughs> I guess I have too many gloves on right now. It is probably more important for me than anything to make sure that you people understand that you are much more than your current lot in life, and that you only know how far you can stretch when you start. You have no idea <laughs> what you're capable of until you try. And that's not exactly the thought I'm trying to get forward. I said in many episodes ago that I found the results for my entrance testing in college. This is in high school, this is in grade school. And that in the Learning Disabled Center, which is what they called it, now I think it's called something else, but it was called Learning Disabled Center, LD Center. When I tested in college, I had to to be eligible for the Department of Rehab to California, which seems like a weird you're thinking rehab drugs alcohol it's not that it was just rehabilitation for people who had learning disabilities my reading was at the lowest level meaning that I had actually oh I'm sorry not the reading the reading was like at number two out of ten so almost lowest my spelling was at the lowest level and my math was at the lowest level and when Gina read this she was I don't want to say choked up but she was saddened uh, (laughs) when she started talking to me I only say that set up this next part imagine for a moment that guy taking that test what I believe was about 40 hours of testing it was units but because college is a total sham institution of nonsense and thievery which I believe it can change I believe that it is something that could turn into something that could give you a more full appreciation of life or teach you a skill set for something that you want to pursue I don't at all believe that's what it is and <laughs> I've been very firm about how much I hate it. I do dare anyone who is affiliated with college to try and prove me different. My last piece of college I did was when I was at... Oh, it wasn't even AT&T. It was a company I worked for after AT&T. And I did college when I got tuition reimbursement through my work. Because I never took out a loan. Never was going to take out a loan. Because I didn't want to owe anyone anything. And I had enough of an education in high school, which they don't teach these people in college. This is very interesting to me. So you go to college, so technically you're much smarter than me, okay? And and I'm sorry to be a little bitter, so I'm going to try and pull that snarky BS out of my voice right now because that's totally inappropriate. It doesn't help this story. So I'm going to tone it back a minute, tone it back, Getting a little snarky, a little high on your hog. I'm going to get low on my hog now. Okay, back to normal. People who have master's degrees and on paper are so much smarter than I could ever dream to be. People who have, forget master's degrees, who are doctors and lawyers, are paying off their debt well past their 50s. Let me ask you this. How is it if college is educating you so well that there is not one single class that teaches doctors or attorneys that 12 to 23% interest on a loan is absolutely insane and will cripple you and you will never be able to pay it off. Explain to me this, colleges. If you are such an institution of higher learning, why don't you have a single class that is required of every single student to take to teach them about predatory loans on their college education? Again, I went snarky. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that to happen, but it does frustrate me. Because the reason I'm not sitting here with a PhD or an advanced degree from an online college, and that's just what I'd have time for, or the patience for, is because of money. Everything I do is based on a formula, okay? So let's let's reverse here. Guys, this is not a lecture, but let's reverse it. Maybe this will actually be nuts and bolts helpful for you. I don't do anything if the units of time or the units of energy do not equal a profit that I believe in at the end. So, I told you I'm selling a bunch of clutter. Good stuff, but just stuff I don't use anymore. I have a Dyson vacuum, not a sponsor, but uh, it's been in storage here. I don't pay for storage, there's another lesson for you. Here's the deal, this story will be so fast. I took it apart because it was dirty and cleaned the entire thing. Took it apart as much as you possibly could without really going in there with special tools. And I cleaned every aspect of it. I even um, sanded the clear parts with a fine grit sand, the same kind of stuff you would do if you're trying to clear out the lenses on your uh, car light, you know, they make them so they defog. So I did all that. And I looked at how much time it would take plus the value of what I could sell it for. And I listed it for that. Okay, so that, that's all I'm saying is that the unit of time versus the unit of money. So anyway, that's my lecture about college. It goes back to taking the gloves off in the last episode. No more said. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for it, but I know it was a bit much. I should have something on every episode now that is a points of clarification. (laughs) So in episode 67, when I was referring to the episode that I talked about not believing I would get the job on Superstore as an actor, I referred to that episode as 64. That episode was actually 65. So get out your pieces of paper and uh, write a letter to uh, P.O. Box, care of, uh, Acme, studios chats with california <laughs> and, and and please file your complaints or you know what find chris coy and email or uh text him all the issues because this will be his job at some point so go ahead and file those to him but that was a wrong episode i make a mistake on that often but i still haven't cleared that up so i can't tell you let's change subjects now let's talk about creativity it's a continuation of the last episode In the calls and the texts and the emails I've gotten about episode 67, not the last one, but the one before that, when I was saying that the stuff you pay attention to at work, at that time I was attacking work and school, which I think they go hand in hand. I was saying even if you have a job that demands certain things of you, and I want to make this clear, um, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, and A New Earth, These are books I actually recommend. This is something that comes out of a a conversation I had with a good friend of mine today who said, Jet, you should tell us the books you read. And I want to be completely open with that. These are obviously not sponsors because they don't have any sponsors, except for Jet Dunlap. Jet Dunlap, he's the guy speaking right now. Purchase him nowhere. So the power and now, I hesitate to ever say anything changed my life because uh, many things change your life in a very subtle way every day. If I'm thirsty and I drink some water, that changed my life as far as thirst I don't know, that's a big thing, changed your life. It informed more of the direction of the understanding and the goal I had for what I wanted to help with than any other book. And I should actually be really honest on that. I did not pursue spiritual educating when I read The Power Now, which was probably in the early 2000s, because I am a reformed, money-grubbing SOB. I was working and making six figures at my day job, and I was pursuing businesses outside of my work that I don't want to name because it's not their fault. Now that I said I won't name them, I definitely will at some point. But I was pursuing recruiting and building businesses outside of my day job too, because $100,000 wasn't enough for me. During that time, I wanted to be a motivational speaker. And you know I talk about this a lot. And when I talk about it, I talk about how I can't be one. That is because I default to, you know those old cartoons had an angel and a devil on your shoulder? You know those old cartoons where the angel was really nice on your shoulder and then the devil was mean? It's not that cut and dry. But I do look to the people I trust the most and uh, for guidance on how I inform people without ego. And that even feels very weird to say. But what I mean by that is I constantly say that I'm trying not to be a motivational speaker. And I've been told by the people who listen to the show, Jet, that's not what you're doing. I'm not saying that motivational speaking is a bad thing. I just think that motivational speaking leaves something out. You leave a motivational session or a motivational book, and just like alcohol, you feel that buzz for a while, and then when it goes away, there's a hangover. I've gone to seminars where when I walked out of that room, I could walk on water. But then the further you get away from the parking lot and people bring up objections in your business, you don't have that suit of armor anymore. So what do you have to do? I mean guys, you gotta have to understand too, I loved motivational speaking. Episode seven of this show was motivational speaking, and I was scolded on it by the people I care most about. And so on episode seven, if you looked it up right now, it'd say don't listen to this because I had too much caffeine. But that was because I could do a show that could make me wealthy and would leave you wanting. When I start to have seminars for this show, my hope is that it can be more interview style, where someone's asking me questions that my audience has questions about, and I can answer it live. And that the reason you'd go is just because you gain something by seeing it live. On um, my one-on-one coachings that I plan on doing would be the same thing. I actually have a problem I need to get over right now. I feel so much guilt about charging anyone for anything I do. Whether that's photography, whether it's counseling, whether it's consulting. And it's because (laughs) some of it could have been my Catholic upbringing. Some of it, as I try and say every time, could be out of my purview and I have no idea why. But I really had to come to terms with it because that's not fair to my wife and it's not fair to me. If you can do something that brings someone value and it's worth paying for, then, uh, then they should pay for it. But I don't ever want to mislead anyone. And... That's hard for me to say because I want all the things I want. I want the things you want. I want you to have the things that you want. I want to have an infinity pool in Malibu. And it's not because I think that'll make me better than you. As a matter of fact, when I have that, I hope to be able to invite you over. Hopefully, my fulfillment of my dreams will help you furnish the fulfillment of your dreams. But I don't want to take advantage of anyone. And I'm really, I'm going to use this word that I don't use often, but blessed to have the people in my life at this point, at the age I am now, who I keep myself accountable to. Instead of trying to take more, I rely on them to try and make sure that I give more. And that's pretty cool. When I get these emails from you folks, God, it sounds like BS, but it's not. It means more to me than any amount of money could ever. Because when I was talking to you, A buddy of mine today, I said that at the age I am, which of course, as you know, is 30. At the age I am, I'm an old 30. But at the age I am, and after losing the three people I did last year, one of them the most, (laughs) one of the most important people to me in my life, being able to make someone feel better or have more tools in their arsenal, you'd have tools in a box, have more tools in their box of, (laughs) something about toolboxes guys to have more tools against pain to have more tools that will bring you into the world of creativity that you have so desired that is awesome and I wouldn't have been able to do it although I wanted to guys I wanted to so badly be able to be on stage like some of my heroes. Sure, Tony Robbins. Sure, all the people in that world. I wanted to have 100,000 people yelling my name, wearing my t-shirt, holding up cell phones. I wanted to be a rock star. But if I was, I'd be rich and you wouldn't be better off. So, 10 years. It took me 10 years, working on my own stuff, pursuing my dream, doing businesses on my terms. 10 years, guys, to start doing what I believe can bring me everything I want without taking. Why am I telling you so much about me? Well, that's simple. I am human. You are human. We are not different. This show started because of a conversation I had with a guy on a little TV thing about my past with substance abuse and uh, depression. That's not what this show is about now. There are aspects of it because that's a part of who I am, but this show is for humans who experience human conditions. I am here to help you with being you. And what I put in an email to a person who sent something very beautiful to me the other day is I said, I'm here to put laughter. Nope, I didn't say that. I said, I am here. I'm going to stop and try and look this up. I just looked that up and I forgot it. My God. What I'm not doing right now is looking through my glasses that I never wear, trying to see what's on my phone to make sure I say this right. I'm reading my own words. Laughter in the face of pain. That's what I wrote. So... That's what I'm here for. And I don't ever come in this trying to make you laugh. Most of what I laugh at is myself. And I guess that's a lesson. It's nothing I've ever talked about on this show. 69 episodes and I've never talked about laughter at your own mistakes. But if you have listened to one of these shows, you know I do it easily. I have a lot of things in my head that aren't correct, that I was born with. Nature and nurture. Reactions to situations that are incorrect. Anger. In the face of most things. And I just laughed when I said that. (laughs) Because that's what I've taught myself. This is one of my most basic lessons I ever taught on this show. Which was distancing, stimulus, and response. I feel a thing and I do a thing. In between feeling a thing and doing a thing, I do this. I laugh at myself. If it's appropriate. If it's a pure thought, if it's a good thought, if it's a sensible thought, I react accordingly. But if it's a crazy thought... And I deem things crazy as something that would hurt someone for absolutely no reason. Lashing out for no reason. Uh, (laughs) uh, Destroying things is a good example. If I feel like I'm frustrated with something and I go, oh, fiddly-D, I think I should destroy this item, for instance, my cell phone or my laptop, I have distanced that stimulus to response for so long that I don't have that feeling anymore, but I used to. One time I was talking to Gina about texting, and I was so angry. Um, Listen to this confession stuff. This was many years ago. Uh, I was probably a child, according to my being thirty. But when the Razer phone came out at AT and T, it was six hundred dollars. And right when the Razer phone came out, I got one, and I was so mad, I snapped it in half, and it felt amazing. Um, But uh, it was stupid. It was very stupid. It was a $600 snap in half I did, and I made a lot of money at the time, and it wasn't a big deal, but I did that out of anger. That was probably 14 years ago. We're not here to be perfect, okay? A lot of what I have problems with in society right now is this purity test. Have you ever done anything wrong? You bet. I would say more than most, but I I don't know that that's the case these days. Probably not more than most. And you know what? I didn't know it was wrong until I did it a couple times. I probably shouldn't have drank all those years, but I had some things that were set up in me that I had no control over that if I felt guilty about it, I'd feel guilty every day. Did I talk to all the people I had hurt? Absolutely. Do I apologize to the people that I did damage to? Emotionally? Yes. Absolutely. Especially when it felt wrong. Because the wrong was my ego getting in the way. But did I make mistakes? Oh yeah. Will I make more mistakes? You bet. Do I say stupid things? You better believe it. Being sober, not taking any substance of any kind, keeps me with a clear mind for the most part. And so I do not say things that are insane, other than in a goofy way, because I'm so clear-minded and I work on myself. But do I snap at people? Especially, you know, being in a relationship for as long as I have? Yeah. I'll say something stupid to my wife and I apologize immediately because sometimes it gets away from me because I'm human you know but I just as quickly apologize because that is as much of a reaction as the snapping and I mean it and then I make up for it and I'm genuine I'm not apologizing because I want to get my way I'm apologizing because I messed up I'm not going to feel guilt forever You know, I'm not in AA, but I'll make amends. That's the point. The reason I went off a little bit on that purity test is that I see a lot on social media, very imperfect people calling other people out. You know about this call-out culture, and it's not my desire to start getting to be some preachy, holier-than-thou show. I won't do that. Because I already told you I'm not perfect. I hate that word. Because... And I've said this before on the show, that implies that there's some part of me that thinks I am. What I'm saying is I'm flawed. (laughs) That's a better way to put it. Massively flawed. So I'm not here to tell you that what you did 10 years ago makes you a bad person. When I started hearing things like this person said a thing 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, that at the time made sense, no one will ever admit that, but at the time was a joke. I'm not using specific examples for a reason, but I'm saying... Think about your life and whether or not you've done, said, or been something that was completely inappropriate. When we are younger, and we are especially college age, and we're drinking, and we do dumb things, should we be punished for the rest of our lives? Now, if you murder someone, probably, (laughs) but that's the law. That's why we have the law. We're not a perfect society, but we're okay. And calling people out for something they did by mistake a long time ago is not fair. I've forgiven some terrible things that have been done to me that I will never talk about. Not true. That I'll talk about 30 years from now, maybe. 40 years from now. I've had bad things done to me and I've forgiven those people. Because at the time, they were operating under whatever was making them do the things they did at the time. And that's not who they are now. I also forgive people who I don't think are good people I talked about it in another episode I won't go into it now but someone who really destroyed what my family meant to me up until that point and have forever changed the way my family appears to me and that person really did some damage to myself and my wife that ended up being a liberation that ended up being an education but I completely forgave them I wanted to hold a grudge for the rest of my life but I didn't because my grandfather, who told me that I could or should, or what he said was, you would be beyond a saint to forgive this person. And obviously he meant that as hyperbole. He wasn't saying that I'd be beyond a saint. I mean, that's for you guys to figure out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But he said that to me, and he said that, and I mentioned this in other episodes, but it's worth saying, he said that he says every day, forgive me my trespasses and forgive those who have trespassed against us. And you probably know where that's from. He didn't make it up. I made it up. I didn't make it up. Come on, guys. Give me a break. If you believe that, that'd be so great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The God part is somewhere in that. My grandfather said that. And when he said it, I was very upset because it was going to be one of the last things he ever said to me. It actually was one of the last things he ever said to me. But he taught me in there a lesson that was more valuable than just about anything I've ever learned, which was that... I would forgive that person for them and I would forgive that person for me. And it hurt so much when I heard it, but it freed me so much. And that was not the point of this episode, but the point was that I've forgiven people who have done some of the worst things to me. I'll tell you something even bigger than that. My friend Vaskin was killed the day after my birthday this last year. He was killed on a motorcycle by a person that, uh, and I don't have all the police details in front of me, so please understand that this is, To my best information, he was killed by a person who had been working a lot for basically a city job and had been working like two back-to-back shifts and the person fell asleep behind the wheel and hit my friend at 60 miles per hour on his motorcycle and launched him in the air and my friend broke his neck, a person I've known since the 90s, a good friend of mine, a guy who was invited to my birthday but didn't make it. The family of this person who was killed, who I still know, I'm very close to Vaskin, his name was Vaskin, Vaskin's family, the person who died was named Vaskin. They forgave this person. Think about that. Because what happened is tragic. It's terrible. But the guy who did this had a family, is religious, and he screwed up. And now he has to live for the rest of his life with this death on his hands. And in essence, he killed my friend. But I feel for him. I feel tremendously for him. Because what a burden. And yes, he took a friend of mine out of the rest of my narrative and that hurts that hurts that i never get to see this guy again i think about him all the time at the gym because we used to work out together since i was a teenager and i think i think i should lift like vaskin's watching because he was one of the greatest weightlifters ever and i don't want to go into this too much but uh a person took him out of my future narrative my wife didn't really get to know him very well and she never will but I do feel for him and I, I I I mean I forgive him from my side there's there's nothing to forgive in the sense that I don't feel qualified to do that but I don't blame him I think it's tragic it was a tragedy why did I go down this road and I can't end this way <laughs> I have to do like an impression of a clown now but I don't know how to do an impression of a clown so let me think. I think it's good that I said that because I think there's probably someone out there who needs to hear it. And as usual, I don't know what I'm going to say till I say it. In one of my first episodes, I said, you guys mean the world to me. Isn't that crazy? I actually, this is going to sound cuckoo nuts. So put it up on your shelf, right with a marker, Jets Cuckoo Nuts episodes. Put it up on the shelf under Cuckoo Nuts. I feel your energy, and I feel so grateful for what you're giving me. Isn't that crazy? But I feel it, and I don't want to lie to you about what I feel. So thank you for that. I'm out of words. <laughs> I don't get to choose that either. I'm out of words. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for being with me till now eleven ten 10, and 9. I'm Casey Kasem. Oh, no, I don't know who Casey Kasem is. That would make me too old. I don't know who that is. Uh, Top 40, no idea. I only know Ryan Seacrest. So thank you for staying with me and keeping me company while Gina's out working. Good night, if it's night. And if not, I still wish you a good night. I'm Jet Dunlap. This is the show they call Psychotherapy. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for listening.